This episode of Keep Calm and Crown On is brought to you by MinuteWithMary.com. If you are looking to up your skincare regime, or if you want to get some dynamite mascara, maybe a budge-proof lip stain, oh, I'm your girl. I'm all about the lip stain life. Seriously, because it doesn't get off on your mask. Mm-hmm, like That is the biggest thing. If you want to have color on your lips right now, I could hook you up. You can either search the hashtag Minute with Mary on social media, request to join my marvelous VIP group on Facebook, or you can head on over to MinuteWithMary.com. And if you yourself want to try out my best-selling 4D mascara at a 15% discount because you're a listener of ours, I can hook you on up. Head on over to MinuteWithMary.com slash discount to grab yours. For the record, I think there are many things you're good at. Name one that's actually meaningful. Being a sister. Yes. No need to humour me. I'm not. Of all the people everywhere, you are the closest and most important to me. And if by doing this, you wanted to let me imagine for one minute what life would be like without you, you succeeded. It would be unbearable. All the way from Providence, Rhode Island, welcome to Keep Calm and Crown On. It's a podcast dedicated to the crown on Netflix. So grab your best cup of tea and let's get royal. And welcome. My name is Mary Larson. My name is Blake, and I'm going to miss that song. Oh, so much. I'm going to miss that intro. It makes me feel epic. Well, luckily for you, you haven't watched seasons one and two of The Crown, so I've got a little something up my sleeve (laughs) in store for you (laughs) while we're on lockdown situation. And and now that The uh, Crown has been renewed for seasons five and six, obviously, that's a big deal. And, uh, you know, if there is enough clamor for it, if there's enough interest. OutlanderCastClan.com people, we're talking to you. Perhaps we may delve into seasons one and two. Let us know. I think that might be fun. Let us know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what the, uh, you know. We'll the see funny what... thing is, is that we are podcasting about The Crown and the same time right now that we're currently podcasting about Harry Potter in our new podcast called The Potterverse, if Blake and I start having British accents. No, no. If Mary has a British accent. I mean, I, I do on not. a regular basis. That's the problem. <laughs> I know. I watch so much television or listen to audiobooks with people with accents. My accent will always stay the same. I don't know. No, I think if this will. is what if this is what we do. No, nope, nope. I'm, uh, I'm, a, I'm a. I see, see my hat. For Maybe those I'll just like tune into the BBC. Maybe the BBC will be our. I don't even know what other news sources there are that are like British. Yeah, neither do I. I just know. I just. I feel like people in in, in England just watch the BBC constantly. That's all know. they do. They have to have other options. <laughs> anyway, so of course we're here to talk about the finale episode. But before we do that, um, in case you have been having a blast following along to the Crown, as I said, if you're a member at OutlanderCastClan.com, let us know if you would like us to cover seasons one and two while we're waiting for new television to be shot, edited, and released. Um, but also, Blake and I have a slew of other podcasts and blog posts and shows that we've covered, and we would love for you to check those out, especially if you are looking for a new show in the meantime. You can find out more by heading to maryandblake.com. 
gmail.com. And of course, we highly recommend that you like and follow us on our social media channels, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, all the places that you like to be. We're there as well. Just search Mary and Blake. For now, let's get into the show. Go, Blake. Another oh. title that I don't know how to say. You ready for it? Yeah. I got it. How about I try it? Okay. Cri de Coyeux. Uh, you know what? You're close. You're close. It's Cri, it's Cri de Coeur. Oh. Cri de Coeur. Why do they make, then put an apostrophe there. Yeah, it's French. I don't know. <sighs> kind of like coup de gras. It's the opposite of coup de, coup de gras. Cri de Coeur. <laughs> you know what? Hold on. Look at, de... the cam- look at the camera and say say it. Cri de Coeur. <laughs> Yes, not bad. That's not how I would Cree say it. I would say Cri de Coyer. No, not that. <laughs> not that, kiddo. Not that. You're welcome. Uh, it means a, I did not take French. Uh, I, I, it means a passionate outcry as of appeal or protest, mm. meaning it's just like it's a call for help. Mm. It's, it's something that is... Um, a suicide attempt in this In this, yeah, in this case, in yeah. this case, that's Let's what the queen, the queen mum calls it a, Rather a than, Cree um, de Coeur. Yeah. The, the queen mom really classed up that word. Yeah, she did. She did. That phrase. And uh, a, a coup de gras is the opposite. A coup de gras is the final blow. It's the final death blow. The, oh, like the, the French people, like, buck up and cheer up, man. <laughs> this is why I took Italian. Manja. Yeah, yeah just, just eat. <laughs> just, just eat. Uh, okay, so the director was Jessica Hobbs, who has directed, obviously, Creed de Coeur, and she also directed one of our favorites, Moondust. Oh, yeah. Uh, she did that, and the writer, of course, was Peter Morgan, who was, is uh, the showrunner and mm-hmm. the creator of, uh, what's it called? Of, uh, the show? Of, of The Crown. <laughs> You yeah. know, yeah, the sure. show, the that, show we're that we're just podcasting about, about. Blake. Yeah. You know, whatevs. Oh my goodness gracious. All right. So, so uh, Marvin, what is your... Does my cor- mouse not work here? What's what, going on here? What, what is your Corgi rating? My Corgi rating is a five. It's a five because it's the finale. Okay. Um, I think if it wasn't the finale, if I wasn't just like tying this all up with a bow, it might have been a 4.9. Like, especially because of the previous episode. The previous episode was like my five, my real five. Sure. But this one did a really fine job of tying things up um, and tying things up in a way that knowing that we're not going to have the crown for quite some time, mm-hmm. um, it gave me a lot of feelings. So because of that, you know what, season three finale, cheers, you get yourself a solid five. <laughs> uh, for myself, uh, I'm going to go with a four nine. I'm going to go with a four nine. Uh, actually, no, I'll go four nine five. Okay. And the reason why I'll go four nine five is because uh, it feels a lot like a tangential episode. Elaborate. Uh, it feels like things happen. Uh, that are <laughs> Mary's messing with the cameras. If you're listening to this, oh Sorry. my god, you don't get the benefit of Mary messing with my camera. <laughs> okay, Mary, just just keep screwing with me. Okay, keep screwing with so me. Tangential. Yeah, it feels Elaborate. like it feels like uh, you know how I said in the early episodes of The Crown that it felt very episodic. It yes, felt like it was not. It felt like a lot of this was not connected, uh, it, but. I was really proven wrong by the end of the story. And as a matter of fact, at the end of the episode, I feel like 
it really summed up everything that season three was about, whether it was royal privilege or it was uh, the 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 double standards mm-hmm. of the age or just the crumbling royalty itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of it and 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 the the how the crown is becoming less important but at the same time becoming more important yes so it's 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 an evolution and yes. i feel like season 3 is that evolution mm, and this captures by the end of this story and it does so in a very um, in a very specific way between the two sisters that relationship oh my god so uh, good. and what that um uh, what that represents yep. is big and how Agreed. that ended is is great. So because of that, I'm giving it a 4.95. Nice. Awesome. Pretty yep. much a five. Yeah. Uh, so the GBGs, the good, the bad, the great. And for this episode, yes. my good for this episode was the sister connection. I mean, we've just been able to see it in different ways, especially in this season. But of course, especially in, in this episode. I mean, this episode, gosh, Queen Elizabeth just. T- was it was so perfect that there is no one else you know as important to me as you like yeah. you've proved that and I feel like if you've been watching this show and you've connected with these characters you had a tear in your eye during that moment mm-hmm. as did we all um, my bad is just that Tony is such a schmuck <laughs> such a schmuck I mean I've never liked him as a character even you know in the earlier seasons um, but it just stinks and as you were saying earlier the double standards yep. it is just it disgusts me and here he is just being like oh well she messed up too but now I get to come out on top mm-hmm. um, and I know that that it's not necessarily a bad about the episode it's just that made me feel bad I know that we often have very different bads like what we see of it as bad sure. um, but if something makes me feel bad in an episode that's awful when I give it and then my great is can we please, and I mean, please, like right now, go to Margaret's <laughs> Island, like all of us, like all the listeners of Keep Calm and Crown On, can we just say that when we're done with coronavirus, <laughs> we'll just all meet up on that island <laughs> and swim and chill out, maybe plant a few things. Go buy some swimming shorts. Yes. You know, have some fun with it. Like, YOLO. YOLO <laughs> Margaret style. Go put on some Led Zeppelin and just ro- get my lead out. Good for her. Good for her. I mean, yes. Was she it. committing adultery? Yeah. Was yeah, I mean, her yeah. husband? But hey, what's a few details between friends, right? Like, seriously. She's a gypsy. Okay. <laughs> Dang. If you're going if to if you're cheat. Go big. Go big or go home, Margaret. Just go big. <laughs> just, <laughs> she went big. I'm just saying I want to go on that island. I'm someone who is like stuck right now, as so many of us are. Oh, We're yeah. not able to travel. Thanks, Mary. Appreciate that. What do you mean? You're stuck with no, me. No, I'm saying like we're in a global <laughs> pandemic. No, you know, no. none of us can go on like a tropical vacation right now. No. I mean, you <sighs> could, but it wouldn't be advisable. Agreed. I, I wouldn't mean, do it. Blake and I are like, should we go rent a house 20 minutes away? <laughs> No, we shouldn't even do that right now. No, we shouldn't even be letting people in our house oh to redo my our bathroom. Gosh, yeah, seriously. So, um, yeah, I was just daydreaming. Like, I probably bet many of us were. Just like, oh, vacationing looks yeah, nice. Yeah, sure, why Thanks, not? Margaret. Just rub some more salt in that wound. <laughs> I'd love to be vacationing right now. What was your GBG? Oh, my GBG. <laughs> uh, okay, so my good uh, first was the vision of Tony at the party when uh, when your girl Margaret is there partying with Roddy. Um what a great, great way to show the audience her insecurity, uh, not only about Roddy, but about her relationship, yep. that she feels guilty, that everything that's happening, she knows is wrong. 
and she knows she still loves Tony. She yep. she still loves she him. Yes. Like despite everything that's happened, despite all of the stuff, she still loves him. Mm-hmm. Which is a big deal. Yes. It's a big deal. So because of that, uh, it's a great way to represent all of that angst and anger and frustration and love and hate and respect and every all of it is just a cool manifestation. Agreed. Uh, my bad. Uh, a lot of this, <laughs> a lot of the um, events of this time, like the early 70s, was kind of – and into the late 70s. Um, well, mid to late seventies. All of this stuff was really condensed. Like, there's a lot you mean of things, things. Events that were happening were condensed in this one specific episode. Yeah. Okay. And I feel like you could have dedicated a whole episode to some of the events that happened. For example, Princess Anne got married. What? To who? She got married to uh to a guy. Hold up. Yeah. Seriously. Hold. Princess Anne. Yeah, she got married. It, like b- before. Like yeah, I like to get it done. Yeah. She got married. Suck it, Grandma. <laughs> she got married to, to some, <laughs> uh, a, some guy, some military Good guy. Good for her. She got married. Good uh, for her. And then not only that. Snaps to Anne. Not only that, a few months after she got married to this yeah. guy, they, somebody tried to kidnap her. What? <laughs> yeah. Anne, yeah. why is there not more time on this woman that is like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Somebody so tried. Much, somebody did, tried to kidnap her. How they try? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, she well, got married in 1973. I'm going to Google that. And in 74, somebody tried to kidnap her. Uh, oh and my they gosh, just totally, uh, they just totally sidestep it. Yeah. So they were driving uh, home from some event. Uh, she and her husband. Okay. And they had a driver and some guy who was mentally unstable had planned to kidnap Princess Anne. Oh my gosh. And he shot a whole bunch of people, stopped the car, tried to get her out. And she wouldn't come out. She like fought against him. Yeah. And uh, it, yeah, it was a whole deal. And they don't go into that at all. Uh, and as a matter of fact, they skip over a, a whole bunch of stuff. And yet we get this whole bit with Prince Charles. Talk about inequities. Yeah, there's a, there's a little bit of issue I take with that, I, I mean, think. Granted, she's not the heir to the throne. That's true. That's true. But still, we all love this Queen Bee. Yeah, so she was... And I don't mean Beyonce. Almost kidnapped. I mean Queen Bee in the swear Oh, yeah, no, I got she you. Because she is a Queen Bee. Oh, she is. Oh, yeah. I mean, she's a Princess Bee. But my great... <laughs> my great... <laughs> she won't be Queen. My great was <laughs> the <laughs> final conversation between the sisters. Uh, you know, everything, again, that conversation that... Hold up. What? So the guy who's trying to kidnap her told Anne to get out of the car, to which she replied, not bloody likely. <laughs> yes, Anne. That's all I needed. That a girl. Get <laughs> not it done. bloody likely. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, the, the final conversation between the two sisters yes. is remarkable uh, and on, many, uh, on many levels uh, because it plays into the themes of the entire season that we just talked about at the beginning mm-hmm. of this episode but really it it centers everything back around on what elizabeth is capable of doing Ooh. and this is how you know it's good because when we did that episode uh aberfan mm-hmm. she listened to the people singing she yep. tried to cry couldn't do it and at the end of this season, here we have Elizabeth crying because of her relationship oh. with her sister. Oh, you just gave me the goosies. And it should give you the goosies yes. because it's a really big deal. Yes. And because of that, there's a discernible arc. And 
the character growth for Elizabeth, even though the end of the episode leaves her alone once again, uh, you know, there's that great, there is that great, um, um, uh, what shot? No, no. Um, <laughs> what, uh, Vio, there's okay, a great voiceover, voiceover from Margaret talking about how Elizabeth, it has to be strong and yeah. she has to cover up the cracks she's and the queen and the, 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 the weaker it gets, the stronger the queen has to be and so on and so forth you know, she's alone by yeah. the end of the whole thing. And that's a big deal for her because as much as things change, her emotionality mm-hmm. uh, with her, with her sister, things still the stay the same. In fact, they probably get worsened because of the nature of Ugh, the job, the job for, for her. All right. So Marvin, yes. that is my GBG. What Love do you got? It. What are the things that stand out to you? What, what do we, what, what cuts your jib here? What do you got? Okay. I mean, obviously we spend loads of time with Margaret dealing with the fact that Tony is just hanging on out with the thing and living this life. <laughs> by the way, oh. by the way, can we, can we just talk about the writing for that? Yeah. Yeah. Makes me want to shout. Pretty much Voldemort. <laughs> Yeah, right? Oh, yeah. Mary has a person in our life that we refer to as Voldemort because she is the person who shall not be named. Uh, But I just love, because that's such a real thing, like someone that is a married person would be like, the thing. Yeah. And it's like an ongoing joke. Yeah. I love, 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 love that. It's so relatable. So, I mean, we we just spend time seeing the thing, seeing Tony's relationship with the thing, seeing Margaret, just have a grand old time singing Margaret. Like, dang, they could not have chosen a better actress for Princess Margaret. Yeah, so let's just let let's just sit down here. Let's have a drink and let's revel in Helena Byron Carter. At your girl Helena. Yes. You know, as we as I've said before, you know, I call her HBC. Mm-hmm. You know, she, we're good friends. I, yep. you know, yep. HBC, what's going on? I give her a call. She says, "Hey Blake, I yep. love I love the new podcast. Thanks for loving me." <laughs> HB and HBC and I are we're mm. we're tight. However, I want to get your thoughts okay. on the season in general as it relates to HBC. Okay. And how they have kind of sidestepped her a little bit, except for her two big episodes, Margaretology oh. and obviously Creed de Cur. See, I see HBC, I see Princess Margaret as the uh, the red pepper flakes on my pizza. Oh, Okay, Ooh, like I pizza's like dang good. I like it. You know, you get it. some good crust, some good sauce, some good cheese. You're like, it is great. Mm-hmm. And then you get those zings. And you don't get it necessarily in every bite. And some bites are hotter than others. And you're mm-hmm. like, ooh, I felt that. But I can't have it all the time. Like, I didn't want a pepper pizza. I wanted a pizza. Right. But the pepper adds a little spice. You want You wanted a zing. And that's what Princess Margaret is. You wanted a zhuzh. And when she's there... They go all in. Like they, they yes. probably said, okay, we can either own the fact that we have a totally awesome character of Princess Margaret. Now it's with Helena Butter Carter, or we can like dabble in the Princess Anne, who's kind of boring, mm-hmm. a queen bee in her own right. But like, do we want to have the spice, the pepper, be Margaret or Anne? And they chose Margaret. Yeah. Yeah. Here's a good question for you. Who do you want to be Margaret in the next? Like, the, we've already. Uh, oh, like the old the Margaret? Old one. Like, we already talked. Like, Margaret? Imelda Staunton, who played uh, Professor uh, Umbridge, she's going to be the queen. Yes. You know, oh, do you have an idea of who you would like to be? Not at all. You I'm know who te- I want? Who do you want? I want Glenn Close. 
Oh, oh I wow. want Glenn Close in the worst way okay. to be Margaret. I feel like she is that. She's like the next level. I don't of see HBC. her physically being the same looking person. I feel like they've done a good job having these characters, and maybe with hair and makeup or whatever. And of course, the acting, it'll be different. Glenn Close, I gotta tell you, after watching uh, 101 and 102 Dalmatians, <laughs> I'm done. No! We've been going through a lot of Disney Plus in so much in the Disney Plus 2020. Oh my god, I can't unsee that. <laughs> I cannot unsee. And if Princess Margaret were to wear a fur coat, mm-hmm. you'd be like, it, "Whoa, <laughs> puppies!" Better not have spots. <laughs> so that's my two cents. I also do not know enough actresses by name. That's a fair point. So fair point. Um, but you were right though, Mary. I think. The choice that they made by having HBC play Princess Margaret was an inspired one because it and it it really shows in this episode, you know, it it goes over a lot of the kind of the same things that Margaretology went over, Mm -hmm. although heightened a little bit, especially between the relationship of Tony and Margaret. But what really stands out to me is the nuance that um, HBC brings. in an episode, you go from like feeling so terrible for her because of what Tony is doing. Yes. And again, the double standard yes. of it all and how her family reacts yep. to the entire situation. They blow her off. And like, here they are. It's her birthday. And they're like, oh, yeah, Tony's such a great guy. Can oh. you believe his work? Yeah, I love that. I he would had, have had the same reaction. He took such great pictures. Blah, 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 Ripping blah. Ripping out my hair extensions. Yeah. This is my party. <laughs> but wouldn't you have? Uh, yeah, but on the... On I mean, the, on, you have the Irish Catholic guilt. Uh, that's true. You guys I, don't talk so about your feelings. so much Irish Catholic guilt in my family. <laughs> my family's like, we're talking today. <laughs> my and family, that's all we're doing. My family would, nope. No. Just wouldn't, it wouldn't happen. We wouldn't even have a potty. Because we, we would avoid every ounce of trying to talk about it. <laughs> so it would be like, yeah, we can't have a potty. Uh, we, we got stuff going on. And you've got me. Yeah, Mary's like laying it out. We're all talking the table. this out until so, it's fixed. Yeah, this is gonna happen. <laughs> um, no, but at the same time, you almost kind of see how petulant she is, and you see how her reaction is. Yeah. I want all of his stuff revoked. I want this taken. Why aren't you on my side? And it's not to say that she's wrong, but she definitely ain't right either. Well, I think one of the things that is different between you and I is I, of course, have watched seasons one and two, as have many of the people who are watching The Crown. And I'll let you know, like seasons one and two, we hang out with Princess Margaret a lot. Mm -hmm. And if you put into perspective how young Prince Charles was, there are no episodes about Prince Charles in seasons one and two. Whereas here we had to dedicate a lot of time. So I think um, what they're hoping is that you're having the emotional weight from seasons one and two, seeing Princess Margaret go through times of looking for love. Like she really struggled in finding love, in finding a match. And then she finally finds Tony. We spend a lot of time with her. Um, So for all this to happen, yes, it's rare, but there's so much more to Elizabeth, and that's what Margaret does in this season. Margaret doesn't necessarily need to stand on her own. I feel like in seasons one, you know, we're caring about these two sisters. In seasons one and two, we're caring about these two sisters individually. But I think you're right. Season three, Margaret was there to add the spice and zing mm-hmm. to Elizabeth. Margaret was there to show us Elizabeth can cry. She couldn't cry when this coal disaster happened right. and all these children were killed. And it's not that she was bad. But she can cry 
about possibly losing our sister. Absolutely. It, it shows and it proves that there is more to Elizabeth than being just the royal. Yes. There's more to her character than being a stoic, emotionless, automaton robot who who thinks nothing but duty. You've gotten glimpses of it with yeah. Charles, but really the emotional affect comes from from Margaret. So Which we needed after yeah. how Elizabeth often treated Charles in this season. Right. It was a different episode in regards to as I said there was so much more punch in the last episode in the penultimate episode. And then this episode we did we 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 got to go on vacation with Margaret. We got to hang with her and feel like we were having a bevy listening to her sing at the piano. It yeah. it was a bit more relaxed in moments. Um, and then there were things in there, even the political arena. The mm-hmm. fact that like <laughs> there was a new prime minister. Right. Except it's the same <laughs> it prime, was minister the old prime minister that we had. <laughs> so the piano playing prime minister who we didn't really care about anyway He's is gone. gone. Yep. And the prime minister that we care about has Alzheimer's. Right. Um, and that, of course, is going to hopefully be able to cover up the divorce situation going on for Princess Margaret. But that's like a huge thing. And it felt kind of weird since we've spent so many episodes dealing with the political factor. Right. And then we have the piano prime minister who we just didn't care about. Yeah. Who stunk. And now he's gone anyway. And it's like, why did we spend so much time on that? And yet we don't get to cover Anne's kidnapping. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> like, why did we well, choose the piano guy? Well, you know, it's, but they needed to. Sorry. Yeah, no, it's it, it's fine. Uh, it's funny because you would think that it kind of flies in the face, uh, the structure of how this these last two episodes go. You mm-hmm. would think they would be swapped um, because, you know, as much as it was great to see Margaret you know, just kind of have this vacation and spend time with her. And obviously HBC, you know, uh, she, just being her, <laughs> you know, uh, you would like, it, it's a fun little jaunt. You would think that the emotional weight of what they've been trying to accomplish over the past number of episodes relies more heavily on Charles and, and giving that more of a, um, an emotional punch. But see, that's why I think they had to have these episodes this way. Because you do, you lean into Charles. Yep. You're feeling for Charles. You're like, gosh, his mom is so cold. Yep. And you needed to have those last shots that Charles is in the rearview mirror. Charles is not the monarchy right now. Yes. Yes, we want to follow him. Yep. Yes, his he's becoming an adult, his burgeoning love life. He's going to have his own issues. But the queen was, and still is, Elizabeth. Yep, you just stole the words right out of my mouth. You're welcome. Because I was I was just about to get there. <laughs> uh, so you, you would think is that, that a good be, thing or a bad no, thing? No, it's a good thing. Oh, okay. You would think that it'd be switched, but when you really look at it on a macro level, you take a step back. You say, "Wait, no. What are we trying to do? Mm-hmm. What we're trying to do is we're trying to yes, follow Charles. Yes, we want that connection to him. It, it's a big deal. What yeah. is coming?" Uh, so we have to do it, and we want to do it right. Right. But the show is about the crown. It's it, and yes, the crown is the crown, but it's the crown, small, you know. Yeah. Um, and it, so not not capital C crown, but small C crown, <laughs> right? Yes. And small C crown is Elizabeth. Yes. Uh, and because of that, the emotional weight has to come from Elizabeth. It has to, mm-hmm. it has to focus on her. 
through the lens of Margaret because that's what gives her her humanity. And then when you juxtapose that against the, the final moments of the episode, Elizabeth getting into that golden cot yep. at the Jubilee alone, by the way. Yep. That sends a big message. That sends a huge message. She begins the the season alone, standing there in front of her younger portrait. And she ends the season alone yep. when people are celebrating the Jubilee. It's 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 so really good. a it's really a triumphant arc for her. Agreed. Uh, and I think it's fitting that it's Elizabeth, though, that finds her sister's uh compassion and shows compassion for her sister it's mm-hmm. i think it's fitting yeah. that it's it's elizabeth the, is the, that's the one that Agreed. really feels for her as opposed to what the rest of the family has done by blowing her off yep. and saying oh, it's I a love cre- Tony. it's a creed to cur yeah. it's not a creed to cur it's something that's real what did yes. you think about that final conversation and what that i i know we talked about it already but do you think that um that was the right way to end the episode. I do. Um, you know, we get to have, we've had fun jaunts with Margaret. We know that she is not well. We know that she's had a very rocky love life. And really that's all that will Margaret and the show wants is to be loved, mm-hmm. is to love and to be loved. And she's just striking out. Um, and when Elizabeth asks her, you know, did you mean it? Did you mean to do that to yourself? And Margaret doesn't have a good answer about it. Yep. Uh, they have that conversation, of course, that Elizabeth does have to carry on. And what I love about this is in this episode in particular, we're focusing on um, a lot of how Tony can get away with a lot of this stuff because he's a guy. Yeah. And um, how different the double standard is. And yet it is Queen Elizabeth who rides in that carriage alone. It mm-hmm. is Queen Elizabeth who has to keep her head up and rule the monarchy. And exactly. I just think that it's very interesting because so much of this is a male dominated world. It's, you know? it's largely a male dominated show. Yes. Uh, even though it's about Elizabeth, there yes. are so many male characters that we're spending so much time with. Yes. It's, it's tremendous. She what is done. currently the strong female. Yep. Like yep. we love Margaret, but Margaret's a hot mess, you know? Sure. She's the only, we got all these men pro, prime ministers. We've got Prince Philip. We've got Prince Charles. Yes, we're spending so much time with men. And it's weird um, to see Elizabeth because she doesn't always have the stereotypical female response to situations. You know, mm-hmm. the overly lovey for my son. Because she can't. Because she has to rule in a man's world. Right. And I think that having her alone in that carriage and having those conversations with Margaret, who you can be seen as society wise, like the overly feminine, you know, very emotional, like, Oh, I wish someone would love me. You know, like what stereotypically people would be thinking is more female feelings yep. to go from that. And, and she tells Elizabeth, Margaret tells Elizabeth, like you have to be strong. You have to be strong. And right. I just loved that conversation and the lasting images. And dang, it makes me look at that sweet elderly woman in such a different light. <laughs> Doesn't it? Uh, like when you see pictures of the queen, you know, if anything's happening or whatever, I'm like, dang, I know that this is like fictional. Yeah, but you've been through a lot, man. man. <laughs> you know, like I don't have a grandparent yep. alive. Yep. And I look at these people who've gone through experiences. Like, she's been through some stuff, man. Yes, she has. You know, it's also funny, too, that, um, you know, you talk about a double standard and Tony and all of the things that are occurring between them. 
uh, between Tony and, and Margaret. Yet it is Elizabeth who is the one that says, you know, I think we should fix this. I think we need to get Tony and Margaret together and try to patch it up. And she even goes as far as meeting with Tony to be like, hey, I know in my instance, I've kind of turned a blind eye to all this stuff. So why don't you do that for Margaret? And let's just try to fix this. As he brings her pictures of her face on plates. Uh, yes, that's true. But he also brings her, and I love that you brought that up because he also brings her pictures of her younger self with, uh, with Philip. Uh, and it shows old photos of Claire Foy yeah. and Matt Smith. Now, again, I didn't watch the first two seasons, yeah. but I know that those two acted in those roles. So it's, um, it's, it's nice to yeah. see them in the younger selves and acknowledging that it's not just, okay, we got this new cast and we're yeah. moving on. Right. It's, uh, it's, we, we have this, we have to yep. acknowledge it. Let's, let's do it. Um, but I, I find it so great that not only is Elizabeth saying, okay, I've turned a blind eye to all this stuff, but she's also forced to reckon with it when mm-hmm. she, when she does see the pictures of her younger yep. self with, with Philip. I think that's great. Um, I think one of the last few things I want to talk about is um, the the Harold Wilson and Elizabeth through oh, line. Yes, uh, this was one of the better parts of the season for me. She wants to come over for dinner. Yeah, and it's only, it was only been reserved for for Churchill. Yes, um, which is a big friggin' deal. Um, what do you think they ate? I don't know Cornish game hens, like. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think Mrs. Wilson does? Like Mrs. Wilson shows I feel like up. She would make a good meatloaf, but I don't know if they make meatloaf there. <laughs> Is that like an American thing? Oh no! I feel and, like they put meatloaf in pasties. Uh, what it pasties. does? What really does for me? That sounds delicious, by the way. <laughs> pasty meatloaf. <laughs> yes. Sign uh, me up. What really works for me is Elizabeth's consistent use of, of the joke, the unconstitutional cheer when Harold Wilson won the election and she got rid of piano guy. Yes. And she like, she makes the joke like two or three times. Mm. And that is something that is so related. Like the queen of England is making, you know, when you got a joke and it works good and yeah. you're like, you know, you're going to repeat it at least a couple yeah. of times. Like everybody does it. I don't care who you are. Like she lies in bed at night. And she's like, I was really funny. That was, I'm going to use that again. <laughs> Like she did, it was like so, like yes, like dangerous, perfect, yeah. You know, in her perfect little way yep. of, of saying it. Um, I just, I thought that it was, it was just awesome. Agreed. And that is what makes that relationship work. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Harold Wilson and Elizabeth relationship. Do you think that was one of the better parts of this season, or did you really not like? It was that just a side. Little... No, I've enjoyed my time with Wilson. I didn't yep. know how I was going to feel about him in the beginning of the season, and um, you know, we just we grew so attached to Churchill. Um, but I enjoyed my time with him. Yeah. I really did. I I loved seeing their relationship and his character change. Yeah. I could have done without Piano Guy, but whatevs. Yeah, the un- well, it, I mean, that goes to show you the kind of relationship that Wilson yeah. and, Liz- and Elizabeth. You know, develop. I mean, it started with Wilson saying, and he he even acknowledges it at the yes. end of the episode where he's like, "Yeah, who would have thought I would? You'd be like a communist like me or something like that." Like, <laughs> yeah. how great is that? Yeah, uh, it shows that great, great build. And one last thing I want to talk. The final thing I want to talk about. Okay, is the paparazzi. 
Paparazzi. Uh, this is a great <sighs> foreshadowing moment for what will happen to Diana. And I wouldn't say a great foreshadowing. I'd well, say you know what I mean. Important foreshadowing. Uh, and and a daunting foreshadowing. How, how the respect for the crown has fallen so far. Um, you know, in past times, you know, paparazzi wouldn't be showing up on this island. And even if they did, they'd take pictures and they, and somebody would quash it. Mm-hmm. Now it's ended up on the papers, not only in England, but in America and across the world. Yeah. So it goes to show you that the interpretation of the crown and its standing with the, with respect and yes. um, dignity and dignity is changing, not only with the times, but how it's changing with people's perception. But also because of people's access. You know, so much of the monarchy or just the rulers or important people in the world, even today, are seen in a different light because we have more access to them. We have now access to their social media and we get to see what they're talking about. And whereas before it was just this person living in their cool ivory tower. You know, so with the flexibility of people being able to have cameras and to be able to quickly send... um, you know, pictures over the mail. It just goes to show you that things in the past, when it, that wouldn't have been as easy. As you said, it would have been squashed, but also because it would have been technically difficult. Yep. All right. Final Corgi rating for season Ooh. three of The Crown. What are you giving it? Oh, gosh. I love this show. Yeah. I really do. Well, just season three. What, just are, you, what, season, what are you giving season no, three? No, just season three. I'm giving yeah. it like a 4.7. Not bad. Yeah. Not bad. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. Uh, for me, you know, it's hard because... I'd say the back half of this season was very good. Agreed. The front half was not so much. And it not, and for me, not even because the characters are new or whatever. It's just, it was episodic it was and a, you didn't know where it was going. Yeah. And, and it's just like, okay, what are we doing? Especially like when they had the thing with the art dealer yes. and like, what, what are we doing? That's why I had to bring it down a bit too. So yeah. I think I'm going to give this one a 4.4. 4. Oh, 4.5. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 4.5. I liked it. Didn't love it. But I am on the way to Agreed. loving it. There were a few things that were tied up throughout the season emotionally so yeah. that we could see where it was going. And, and it made it feel very fulfilling. But like you said, there were a couple of things, especially in the earlier episodes where you were like, what are we doing with this? Are yeah. you wasting my time? So I agree. Loved this season. I love this show. And I'm so thankful for our OutlanderCastClan.com members for yeah. making this show possible. All right. Let's close it out. Yes. As we said, we're most likely, as long as the OutlanderCastClan.com peeps keep showing up saying that they want us to keep Comic Crown on, we will. Because we've got seasons one and two to check on out. But in the meantime, Blake and I are currently covering the Potterverse. You can find that at maryandblake.com or by searching the hashtag the Potterverse. It's just like the universe, but the Potterverse. <laughs> and uh, go, go check that out, maryandblake.com. And if you want to get in touch with us via social media, you can. You can just go look up Mary and Blake on all different kinds of uh, social media with uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, we're everywhere. All, all of it. We, YouTube, we're all over, except for TikTok, which, by the way, is going down in flames I know. soon. Oh, well. Going down we'll in flames there. as soon. So, <laughs> well, for now, friends. Yes. My name is Mary Larson. My name's Blake. Keep calm and crown on. <laughs>